my, my job is to somehow make them curious enough or persuade them by hook or crook to get more aware of themselves and where they came from and what they are into and what is already there and just to bring it out. This is what compels me to compel them. And I will do it by whatever means necessary. Welcome to the Black Girls Heal podcast, where we talk about healing our intimacy disorders, unresolved trauma, and building a healthy relationship with first ourselves and then others. Every episode, we will talk about advice you can apply today to break unhealthy patterns and grow in your self-worth. I'm Sheena Lachey, love addiction coach and trauma specialist. Let's begin. Hello, hello, and welcome to the latest episode of Black Girls Heal. I am so happy to be with you this week. If you're listening to this live, this episode is coming with minutes to spare before (laughs) the weekend happens. Um, We had a retreat last week, which was so phenomenal. Um, Had such a great time with our Good Life Ladies. That's the name of this this cohort, uh, 2021's cohort are my luminaries and sending love to all of you. And the September retreat uh, name that was picked was The Good Life. And so had a great time, a lot of turning up, a lot of crying, a lot of laughter, a lot of twerking. <laughs> and um, I really, really hope that I get to see all of you ladies at our reunion next year. Um, but that consumed all week, which um, led into this week. I was a very smart person and I decided to move right after the retreat. So I have been swimming in boxes. I just found my makeup and body wash. Um, So I'm very excited about that. But now I'm here doing today's episode. This episode, I did not think I was going to put it out, but I actually had an interview this morning with Laura Danger of the fair play method. And the interview was so phenomenal and so helpful. I couldn't wait to share it. So let's talk about what today's episode is about. So today we're talking about the fair play method, which is a tool that couples and partners can use to share and split domestic labor. When we look at longevity in relationships, after the honeymoon, after y'all figure out how to communicate and what y'all want to build, the minutia of building a life together and sharing what a household looks like can get very overwhelming and daunting. It has been the source of so many fights, so many resentments, so many breakups. And this method is a very neutral way of learning how to communicate with your partner about what you want to see in the home, what they want to see in the home so that you're building it together versus you being taskmaster. If you're the one who holds kind of the manager cards in the home to where things are actually equitable and shared. I really like this method, too, because it really empowers both partners Uh, versus one being the person who's the boss and the other one being the the co-worker. Because I think that's also what breaks down relationships too, when one person feels like, or when it seems like there's one person that has more power, one person is the nag, and the other person just checks out because they don't feel seen, they don't feel heard, or they don't get why what you're asking for is really important. 
Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. Before we get started, let's take a small break to say thank you to this week's sponsors. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. Before we get started, let's take a small break to say thank you to this week's sponsors. So Laura and I are going to get into it in today's episode. We're going to talk about it, deconstruct it. We're going to talk about how to apply this to your relationship so that you can actually have a conversation that doesn't go sideways. We're going to talk about what to do if the person's open, if they're not open, and also what to do if after you've done all the things that you're finding that a change still hasn't happened and what steps you can take. So if this sounds interesting to you, whether or not you're in a partnership or you want to be in a partnership one day where you're living with a person, if you're if that's on your goal list, then you need to listen to this episode. So that's it for now. Let's go ahead and jump right on in. Okay, so today on the podcast, I have Miss Laura Danger. Welcome and thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. I'm really, really excited to talk. Yes, yes. So I found you on TikTok and I didn't tell you this when I emailed you, but I actually saw your TikToks um, maybe a year ago um, during the pandemic. Um, and it's what introduced me to the fair play method. Um, well, maybe a year or some change ago. I don't know. But I was like, this is phenomenal. And it was one of the first times that I had heard um, emotional labor and and just the weight that one partner may bring to the relationship put in such clear words and validated and so i am really happy that you are here to explain this to us because i think many of us don't really know that this is a thing that we should have a label for but um yes before we get started how about you i just started right in how about you introduce that and introduce yourself and tell us about who you are Sure. Um, okay. I'm Laura. I, I guess my elevator pitch is I'm an educator. I'm an advocate, um, for various things and various people. Um, but I'm also a certified fair play facilitator, which means, um, before I became certified, I was using the fair play method to divide domestic labor in my own household. And um, the Fair Play Method is a book and a method designed by author Eve Rodsky. And she's got a background in organizational management. It's basically, it's basically shared language. That's really at the core of what it is. And um, I have two kids. I have a six-year-old and a three-year-old. And as we headed into the pandemic, I had a three-year-old and a nine-month-old. So I was working a full-time job. And my husband had a full-time job and we were just like drowning and arguing and constantly trying to figure out how to talk about this stuff, found the book and um, they kind of began developing this institute, training a handful of us. There really aren't that many of us, but um, trained us to bring this to the public, to do coaching workshops. You know, I give the information away for free on the internet. Um, but it's like a tool, it's a tool to liberate us from the confines that we've been put into. It's awesome. I love it. I love it. I I love how much you love it. And you have made me a believer. (laughs) (laughs) I'm always like, Um, it's not, it's not an MLM. Like I don't get paid for this. Um, I just, you know, like if you come do a consultation with me, I get paid for that. But I just truly, truly believe that 
every household should have the language to advocate. Right, right. So you're the best person then to tell us what is the fair play method. All right, let's get into it. Let's get into it. Um, okay, so the fair play method, like I have this very vivid memory of, you know, I, I found this book back in 2019, right before the pandemic hit. And I had it on audio and I was like driving home from work one night, um, rushing to get my kid from daycare to do then solo bedtime because my husband works nights and I'm like drowning. And there's a part in this book where Eve is, you know, she reads it. She's like in my ears going through and saying every single piece it takes to run a household. It's like a whole chapter where she's like, okay, it's the dishes. It's not just the dishes. It's going around the house, making sure the dishes are picked up. It's making sure that there's soap. It's making sure that there's enough time to get them dry, to cook dinner. And she's like going through that. And then she's like, then you sign your kids up for extracurriculars. And then you have teacher contact. Then you have projects. Then you have to make sure that the, she's like hammering me with the reality that we don't see at home. Mm -hmm. And I was enraged. I was like, this is what's been going on. I've been carrying all this without being able to communicate it. And the fair play method, she essentially broke down household into 100 cards. Mm -hmm. And the idea is so many of us fall into these traps of one person as the manager and the other person being told what to do. And that's not empowering to anyone. It's mm -hmm. like this cycle of resentment, just make me a list, but also don't tell me what to do. Like mm -hmm. I never do it to your standards, but also why can't you finish the job? Mm -hmm. It's like all of these conversations, many of us are having behind closed doors and not talking about. And she identified this concept of CPE mm -hmm. and that's conception, planning and execution. So when we are talking about the laundry, a lot of people will be like, oh yeah, I do the laundry. I take it out of the dryer and I fold it and I put it upstairs, mm -hmm. but that's not accounting for monitoring how often it needs to be done, making sure there's detergent, paying attention to what is coming up the next week. If your kids need their uniforms washed, when they grow out of them, when there are holes in the socks all of these other layers, she says, which is brilliant, hold the whole damn card. I don't wanna think about laundry. I want you to notice laundry. I'll do dishes, I got dishes, you mm -hmm. got laundry. Now we are both out of this nag trap and I'm not managing you and you don't feel bossed around. Right. Brilliant. Right, right. I I love loved learning about this method too because to to your point, her her language puts into word the mental and emotional energy that comes into every single thing because it's not just the dishes, right? And all of that is overwhelming. You're literally in the household. You're running a corporation. You're running not only the the daily tasks that are going on, but the future planning. You're you're looking at. Is there money for this? Is there not money for this? You're looking at um, navigating things. You're managing your partner if you're the manager of the house and then you're managing your kids and then 
and you're doing it all on your own and it's just way too much. So no, no wonder um, women will start to feel um, and I, I'm saying women, classifying women, because my podcast is for women, not because only women are the ones who do this. But um, but no wonder women in a relationship will feel so so overwhelmed, so taken for granted, so resentful, even if they are someone who really does enjoy different concept parts of domestic labor. It's too it's too much um, to hold on your own. Yeah, that's the piece I hear a lot from people is I used like, you know, I'm doing quotes here. I used to love to cook or I used to love, like, I wouldn't mind doing the laundry if I knew that sometimes I wouldn't have to. Mm -hmm. And the other piece that I, I hear a lot, which I'm sure is like maybe relatable to the people listening is I don't feel like I can take on opportunities or leave the house without leaving a list or like, it's not just overwhelming and tiring and annoying to do these Uh things. It's literally costing people opportunities in their life. Uh Uh Yeah. I was just at a retreat this past weekend with, um, and with about eight women here in Houston, and we're working on self-care and self-love and our relationships. Right. And one of the women there was talking about literally this, that she feels like she cannot take care of herself because if she doesn't do it, then things weren't get, weren't going to get done. But what we came to there and why I'm so happy to have you on this podcast is part of the reason why she wasn't able to let things go is because not that she was with a partner that didn't care, but because she wanted to control it. She didn't know how to let it go. She wanted it done her way. And, um, if you want to be the boss and you get to be the boss, but then you can't resent being the boss, right? If you married a partner who wants to share the load and help, you have to let him, her, or them do that, right? And let them own it completely so that you can have that rest. Nailed it. Yeah. That's, mm-hmm. you know, you, you have to get out of your own way. And the other piece of the fair play method is this, as always having this conversation about the minimum standard of care. And Mm -hmm. it's, it does have to be a collaborative conversation. Otherwise you don't get buy-in. Like Mm -hmm. I, once my husband and I talked about the dishes, which was constantly a fight for like years. um, Once we talked about actually what part of it was important to us, it wasn't that periodically there would be dishes in the sink. It was when there was like stuff in the trap of the sink. Uh-huh. Like, that's the part that was gross. Or uh-huh. when it was too piled up, like, okay, I know you're going to get to it, but it's too piled up. I can't fill the water filter. Right. Like when we actually sat down without attacking each other, which is hard, it's challenging. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. But when we were finally able to constructively talk about what is the minimum standard? Okay. It's so that the sink is functional. There's nothing left in the trap overnight. And mm-hmm. like, there's always enough dishes to eat yeah. that otherwise I don't care. Yeah. Yeah. And then you got to get out of your own way. <laughs> right. Exactly. So, um, so I can't hard deck and, um, just to repeat part of what you said, just to bring it all together. Um, uh, the author breaks down running a household into a hundred different, um, 
decks and then you will uh, or have your different cards and you'll sit with your partner and you will talk and then what typically happens which is y'all sit down with the list of different household chores and you delegate but mom again i'm just going to use the woman as an example mom is still the manager so mom tells partner this is how i want the dishes washed this is what it looks like to clean this is what it happens so you're still controlling it um and so then you still have your partner who's the employee but really it's you letting go and just they get to decide what it looks like for that to be complete but the minimum standard of care to what you're saying is um is not a lawless territory it's like at a basis at, at at its basic foundation how can the house keep functioning and then however you get it done because we determine that i have to let it go so if i will if if cleaning the house to me looks like washing the baseboards, but it's not part of the minimum standard of care, <laughs> then I need to let go and trust that you're going to get to the baseboards when it's on your task instead of micromanaging it. Exactly. And it, it's like a long-term conversation because you might think you talked about what cleaning means and mm -hmm. then you don't, you forget to mention the baseboards. And mm -hmm. once it comes up, it might be like, you know what, maybe we should clean the baseboards like once a month. And yeah. I don't know, I don't do it once a month, but maybe that's yours. But to actually establish like, okay, ideally I would do this this way. Do you think that's reasonable? I do it yeah. because we have a cat and it, we, it's there's dust and like mm -hmm. I'm a little embarrassed if people come over and it looks like that. Like, yeah. I'm explaining why it matters to me at the same time as what matters. Right, right, right. And I wanted I wanted us to talk about this tool, right, on the podcast, because here, here we spend a lot of time talking about trauma and distance and relationships um, and working through all of our walls to let people in and also learning how to be open and ask for help, right? And once we get to that place where we're in partnership with people who we love and they love us, the love isn't enough. We, we need to know how to come together as, as two different people or multiple different people if you're in a polyamorous relationship. But um, for the sake of this example, for uh, come together as two different people with what does building a life look like for us um, in a way where we're not going to end up killing each other where we're not going to end up divorcing. Because, I mean, this is the type of stuff that makes really healthy potentially healthy couples break up. And especially if one of the partners is socialized to not even think about this or consider mm -hmm. it. And again, that's both sides. And, and my, look, I, I've said this before, I am not domestically um, <laughs> blessed. <laughs> there are things that other people notice that I'm like, oh, that's an issue. Like, it's just so, um, but even with that said, if you're with a partner, who is open to communicating about that. Sometimes people just don't know. And it's not that they're being negligent. They just grew up differently. So how do we come together to meet both sides where both people are, are heard? That's equal playing ground, right? That is not a battlefield. Right. I mean, I'm curious, Your, I get this question a lot. Like, how do you bring this up? How do you talk about it? I'm curious your thoughts on this before I inject yeah. mine. Yeah, yeah. 
Well, I think just in general, it's important to have regular couple check-ins. Uh, I think when we wait until shit goes sideways and then we want to talk, things are already heated, um, already mad at you. And I have 10 other things that you're not doing right. But, so I'm not going to listen to what you say until you listen to me. So I think having proactive just weekly, and it doesn't have to be a three-hour thing, but just like, how are you doing right now? How are you feeling in the relationship? Are you feeling supported? And sometimes it's just one minute and you're all like, yeah, everything's great. And sometimes it's a deeper conversation. So I think that sets the standard for y'all to have these type of real um, productive um, conversations. If you haven't been doing that and things have been tense, I would, um, I like, asking for consent before I launch into something. So that looks like, hey, how you will first check in to see how they're feeling, how are you feeling today, right? If they're stressed, maybe this isn't the right time. If they're always stressed saying, I know you're stressed, uh, but I just want to check in. Um, are you okay to check in? Are you open? And having them say yes or no, yes, I am, or no, not right now. Can we talk later? If they say, what's it about? Well, I just want to see how things are between us. I just want to talk and see how things are. Um, I wouldn't say exactly what it is, especially if it's something you've been fighting about for a minute because it's going to go sideways. They're not going to let it go. They're going to say, well, tell me now what you want to talk to me about now. Uh -huh. Set yourself up for success. <laughs> <laughs> Make it as neutral as possible. And then whenever you have that conversation, whenever it's time, I would start off with as much praise as you can people get tired of hearing what they, they're not doing right. And chances are, if you're with someone and they are healthy and available for you, they're doing some things right, but you're, you're, you're hyper-focused on the things that they're not doing and that's all they're hearing, which makes it really hard for them to be open. So maybe um, you really appreciate how they're consistent with going, going to work, you know, and being available in these ways. Maybe they are a great co-parent and so... You know, Mike, I just love how you're so attentive with the kids. You know, I see it and I appreciate it. And I just love seeing how they light up, right? Like finding something that you can pour into them before you transition to the, and let it sit. Because sometimes we give compliments or like, but like, just let it land. And it's, it's safe to, it's safe to praise your partner. It's safe to love on them. Um, you don't lose by loving your partner. I mean, it's what you want them to give to you too, Right. So I'm letting it land. I'm just giving you a whole thing. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, but letting it land. And then, um, I mean, hopefully they praise you back, but, you know, it's not necessary because that's not the point of this conversation. Um, but then transitioning to, so, you know, those are the things that I love about you. And because I love you, I really want us to not be fighting about this anymore. And I was thinking that the ways that we've been trying has made either one of both of us feel defensive and it's not working. So um, I found that there was this really neutral way for us to split this stuff up that you don't feel like I'm nagging you or telling you what to do. And you get to tell me what you want to do. And that way we can just both end with peace and really, really time that this is um, for both of us. Because if you come in again, if things are really tight and tense and you're like, well, I'm sick of this and you know, I'm tired of this and it's more about your emotions, I'm not gonna hear that there's anything in it for me. I'm just gonna hear that you're um, um, insulting me again and diminishing probably all the things that I'm doing that aren't on your radar because you're so upset about this which I see happens a lot. You know, there's one, I mean, we talk about the love languages, right? And so we have one partner 
who's really showing up in all these areas and like killing it, but the person is not really um, a priority for them. So they just think, well, you should be doing that. Um, and both sides feel neglected. So that's what I would do. I love all of that. Um, yeah, part of the part of the fair play method is those check-ins like built in. Um, so like mm -hmm. you said, like once a week you get together, you talk about it. Um, I love your suggestions. When I'm working with couples, I usually give them the prompt like between the two meetings, can you think of one way your partner showed up for you in the last week and how they showed you care? Um, and like you said, like noticing what's going on with the other person. Um, that's, um, yeah, yeah, I think that's really important. Get ahead yeah. of it, right? You're trying to solve these communication issues or put the energy in upfront in a positive way instead of spending your time arguing. Yeah. Yeah. And for anyone who's like, okay, I'll start doing check-ins. Um, if you haven't been doing it yet, I need you to think about check-ins as business meetings and we don't take business on date nights. So do not do check-ins on date nights. Date nights are for fun, pleasure, connecting, intimacy, sex, date, business meetings are corporate. <laughs> like let's communicate is different. <laughs> brilliant. So brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. I, the other piece, like, I think it's really, you know, someone was telling me the other day, they were like, how do you eliminate the Sunday scaries before you have this established meeting? Mm -hmm. um, and that's so valid because especially if you've been stuck in a communication pattern or arguing about this regularly, like, mm -hmm. oh, great. It's that emotional labor you mentioned. Like, when am I going to bring this up? How I need to protect their feelings and my feelings and like, I hey we hope you're enjoying the podcast so far let's take a quick break to say thanks to this week's sponsors hey we hope you're enjoying the podcast so far let's take a quick break to say thanks to this week's sponsors as our country continues to grow and make new meaning of the intersection between current and historical events, it is so important to stay connected to the voices and the leaders who are influencing what progress, connection, equality, and truth mean to us as Black people. The next generation of influential Black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of Blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's Black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the Black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collection, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of struggle. Every episode is a living account about what it means to be Black today, told from a unique Black perspective. From Bobby Shmurda to The Wire, Michelle Obama to Reparations, there's no limit to the range of Black stories, Black Truths. Black perspectives haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection from some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the Black experience. Here are a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcasts that center Black voices. It's NPR Noir. Turn on NPR today and hear a range of voices as varied, nuanced, and Black as the country we reflect. Stories should never be about us without us.
Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths on NPR, wherever you get your podcasts. Love the idea of having a regular check-in time. Like you said, it could be like one minute, it could be 30 minutes, but giving yourself like a treat. Hey, we hope you're enjoying the podcast so far. Let's take a quick break to say thanks to this week's sponsors. Ladies, I am so excited to share that for this podcast episode, I've partnered with eHarmony, the dating app that helps people find real genuine connection. And for me, this app has absolutely held true to their promise, connecting me to a truly incredible relationship and partnership with someone who truly gets me. Dating apps can be so hard when it comes to filtering through persons who you may not have anything in common with or who may not be super serious about the process and committed. With eHarmony's one-of-a-kind compatibility quiz, you get a baseline standard in every match of your compatibility around values, communication styles, likes and dislikes, energy levels, and so much more. My experience with eHarmony has always been superb with not only the quality of men I was matched with, but also with our compatibility when dating, eliminating the stress of feeling as if I was wasting my time. So join the dating app that helps users find their most authentic relationships. eHarmony, get who gets you and start free today. You know, like I love Jenny's ice cream. So maybe once a week, my husband and I get Jenny's ice cream and maybe it's going on a walk. Um, mm-hmm. maybe it's like, you know, we do it over, we need to change our time. Cause right now we're doing it after bedtime and we're very tired, oh, yeah. mm-hmm. but like a Saturday morning and we can go get a pumpkin spice latte or, you know, whatever right. it is, it's like a ritualized yeah. connection time. Cause that's what yeah. it is. It's connection. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Thank you for adding that amendment. Yes. I don't want to paint the image that y'all are in a steel room. Um, negotiating right. um, time during your weekly seconds. They can absolutely be, you know, getting ice cream and all that stuff, but just they're different purposes, right? Yes, um, exactly. It is logistics. Right. It is something different. Um, yeah. But yeah, it doesn't always like lead to sex. <laughs> it's not the yeah. most yeah. romantic. <laughs> Sometimes it does. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's connection, right? Like I was, I was talking to another student about something not related to this, uh, but still about, you know, making a repair with her partner. And I was like, oh, this is going to lead to some good makeup sex, you know, like, because because it's about coming together. I mean, when when this works well, you feel so heard and you feel so safe and you feel so attended to. And there's nothing more romantic than that. Truly. Yes. I totally, it's, that's part of why I love the, like you said, like pouring into your partner up front. Um, and I always say like, you know, I notice the tiny ways that my partner shows up for me. And when you're Mm -hmm. deep, when you're deep in resentment cycles or just like, you know, if you've come to me out of desperation, it's not always Mm -hmm. desperation, but if you find me and you're like, Oh my gosh, this is the language I've been dying to find you're mm-hmm. probably hurt. Yeah. And it's hard to see, you know, when my husband comes home with Reese's pieces, this is always my example. He, mm-hmm. he was at the store and he saw Reese's pieces and he was like, I'm thinking of my wife. Um, yeah. that's, I can open with that. I can be mm-hmm. like, I know you're thinking of me. I know. Um, 
maybe this week, like, I also know that things are going on at work um, and you might have left without remembering to put the laundry away. It was a little bit challenging for me to get the kids ready because the socks were not in there. Um, Mm -hmm. Do you think that's something we could work on in the next week? Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm like giving him the benefit of the doubt immediately. Mm -hmm. Um, I, you know, I, although I made a mistake there, right. I was like, Reese's Pieces, butt. right this is the abbreviated version but it's like it's like seeing the context of it it's seeing that your partner your partner is trying to show up for you they are yeah yeah and they want to connect over this so always just being like trying your best to be open about it problem solve see the context see the kindness Mm -hmm. yeah Oh, another bonus tip I just thought of for anyone who's listening who is who dates or is married to someone who's a man. I've noticed that the majority of them, when we talk about love languages, they list physical touch as their love language. And so a really cool hack that it took me a while to do because I'm the type that when I'm mad, don't touch me and I'm not touching you. Um, but if, if I have something tough to say, to reach out and touch his hand or his face or his shoulder and whatever I say just goes over a lot better just from having that intimate touch that's a good tip that's yeah I would say something I really really struggle with too I like takes me everything in my body to take a deep breath and it just yeah no I I have a hard time I'm like a porcupine yeah there was one me. point that I just touched them with my fingertip and I was like, you know, like <laughs> I see, I see, I see what you're trying to do. I appreciate it. <laughs> but it's a, a right Gottman Institute, right? They're like, it's a right. bid for connection. You are, Correct. it's a bit of goodwill. I understand. I see you. I hear yes. you. I know this is your love language. I am not like, despite if I'm carrying a little resentment here, this yeah. is, yeah, it's turning toward your partner. Turning toward which is the labor, right? Like this, that should be on the card. Labor, how do I take care of you? Um, yeah. Is, um, so I want to ask about what to do when you're not with um, an available partner, but before I lose it, is there anything that comes to mind that was on the fair play deck when you first learned about it that you were surprised um, was a task? Um, I think the magic cards were really surprising to me. Um, okay. One okay, one of there's these daily grind tasks in the deck. There mm-hmm. are 30 of them, and those mm-hmm. are the ones like you know, where it's like, I don't mind doing the dishes, it's just that I always do the dishes, yeah. And it's those annoying, has to happen on a certain schedule, um, repetitive, mm-hmm. like never ending. One of them that I never thought about was mail, mm, like more. You when the mail shows up who is Uh sorting the mail and making sure that the mail goes to the correct adult or like, you know, the cards get opened, the bills get looked at and put on the correct desk. It's like, I had never even thought who was doing that. Yep. Cause in my, in my experience, as I'm unpacking my own experience with implementing fair play, I resented that if, he dropped the ball. Like if he didn't get to something, I would. Mm-hmm. And I constantly felt responsible despite neither of us 
ever talking about who actually was responsible. Mm -hmm. He didn't think I should be responsible. I Mm -hmm. thought I was supposed to be responsible. And the whole idea behind the system is like, okay, you're on mail. Now I'm going to like, if I, if I do do it, it's just Mm -hmm. like, I'm helping out. But if I don't, I know you've got it. Right. So that was surprising to me, but also Mm -hmm. things like, um, like magical beings is an interesting one. What's that? Like first talking about, do you do tooth fairy? Do you do Santa Easter bunny? Uh, mm-hmm. Like, uh, I don't know. And who's in charge of doing, yeah. And who's in charge of doing all that stuff. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. I guess you don't think about who's going to plan it, especially who, if you're someone who gets really deep into it, like, do you have tooth fairy glitter? How much is it going to be? Who's going to stay up late to sneak it in? Who's going to have the conversation with the child? Yeah, that is a lot of labor. Yeah. Easter Bunny? Oh my God. Go ahead. (laughs) No, exactly. And it's so rooted in that, you know, the telling your story as to why it matters. And Mm -hmm. because one of the first videos I did that went really viral was this woman saying like, ladies, make your own stockings because if you don't you'll end up with an empty one on Christmas morning oh I remember that one that hurts yeah go ahead yeah Mm -hmm. and I was like it's like cut to me and I was like you may that may be really familiar but if you have a conversation up front when you start dating someone or when you get married or whatever and say this is what I want my Christmas to look like Mm-hmm. it solves that problem. Cause maybe they're like, Oh, I hate stockings. My parents always did a bad job. And like, I don't, you know, I don't yeah. think about it or my mom did everyone's stocking. So I figured you would want to do that. Right. And it's like, okay, well, instead of being disappointed and letting it stew on Christmas mm-hmm. morning, um, mm-hmm. why don't you say you like my husband does stockings now and mm-hmm. he is the biggest, oh my God, he's such a sucker. He mm-hmm. always spends like hundreds of dollars on these. He's the guy who's like, I don't care the budget. We'll save for the big, the I big love it. thing. I like his style. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, I don't, I don't care about that stuff. I yeah. would rather like get them like 10 books and wrap them. Like, I don't care. Yeah. But it has been so joyous to sit down and be like, this is what we want Christmas to look like. How do we want to mm-hmm. do Santa? And now, and how long do we do Santa? Do we do Elf on the Shelf, which we do not do? Um, oh, yeah. That, that Elf will stay there for six days. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's like, I don't have to do it. Yeah. <laughs> talk about it. Talk about who's going to go out and shop for the stuff or put out the, you know, like last year we got walkie talkies and one of us went downstairs and the other one went upstairs and we pretended that Santa was like on the walkie talkie, like flying above. <laughs> I love it. I love it, so it was, much. it was so sweet watching the kids. And like, I don't know if my husband would have felt empowered to come up with that super sweet, like lifetime memory yeah. if we hadn't talked about it. Yeah. If, if you were the one running the show. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's so hard to share. I just, 
I'm going to keep going back to those of us who grew up in certain households. Just, I think, honestly, I think a lot of the people listening, and maybe this might be me projecting, but I think a lot of people listening, they grew up in households where one partner, one parent was either not believed in, maybe wasn't present. One, one parent, especially the mom, did everything. And so we don't even know how to trust our partners. Like we, there's, there's no concept. Like when we look at all the alternatives, there's no possibility that things could work out better if I actually let this go. Like maybe it'll be mediocre, but that they'll raise the standard impossible because we've never seen it before. But we have to learn how to let go to make space for the amazing person we committed to to be as amazing as they are. That as they are. I'm. I'm so grateful that you said that um, because, right, that's this this other layer of like what patriarchy does, mm-hmm. which is tell men that as they become adults, they should prioritize themselves as laborers or financial mm-hmm. providers. And I was I was thinking about this concept recently where, you know, we don't see men as caregivers. And mm-hmm. when we when. I can't even put it to words, but like when the adult men in our lives tied their value to work Mm -hmm. and they didn't bring any value or very Mm -hmm. minimal value outside of that, Mm -hmm. a lot of people, men, women, anybody cannot see how a male figure in a family can bring more. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like if I didn't see my dad as Mm -hmm. anything more than a provider, then how could I, like, what is my husband outside of that? Yeah. It's messed up. It's Mm -hmm. so messed up. Like I didn't marry my husband for a job. He, these days, no, we, again, (laughs) dueling cup, things are weird. I married him because I love him and he's just like silly and sweet and all these things. Like it sucks that we put ourselves in these boxes. Yeah. And I mean, even to that point, like with the silliness, I think, and you can tell me if you disagree, but I think, I think for the most part, maybe because women were socialized to carry so much, we can tend to be kind of the business managers in the household and so more serious. And so if we're with men, when the man is allowed to be creative and play and be silly, like things just get so much more fun to be able to, um, leverage that imagination to the benefit of the household is incredible when it works. Yeah. Yeah. Versus versus him playing call of duty all day. Cause that's yes. the only way he gets to play. Right. Yes. And isn't it, it's really like, it's empowering to me as a mm-hmm. partner to not have to be the engineer and not have to be managing everything. And yeah once we establish like what actually matters to our family, I, Mm -hmm. I can communicate with my husband, like, you know what? I really haven't connected with the kids in like a playful way this week. I'm going to get a McDonald's happy meal and stop worrying about like a dinner so that we can play. I want to keep them up late. And I want to play. I want to be silly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, unless you relax too. I love that. So so what you said earlier about going back to the stocking, because like I said, that one cut me. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> but 
sometimes your partner's resistance or their no is not because they actually don't care or because they're lazy, but they just don't understand. They don't understand um, the story behind it, right? The history, what it means to you. And once you communicate that, then they get more buy-in. What do you do? Because we're this is all assuming that we're with partners who are capable and want to. What do you do if you do everything we're talking about? You get the book, you get the card deck and nothing changes or they double down. I'm going to give my input, but I'm really curious about your wisdom here. Um, My thought is like, number one is always find a coach or a therapist who can help you sort this out. But also my question is like, what need is this relationship meeting for you? Mm -hmm. Because it's very, it's very, in my opinion, tied to being seen and heard. Mm -hmm. And if you are saying, I need this, I, I want this. I want my life to look like this. These are my values. And your partner is saying, these are not my values. These are not things that I want. Then I think you need to take a really solid look at are your values aligned enough to continue to be in a partnership or are you getting enough needs met and can you get other needs met like intimacy or like certain kinds of fun or whatever outside and are you okay with that? Mm -hmm. Personally, I just think it opens more questions. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you think? Yeah, more more individual self-conversations with yourself. So, you know, I think I'll start with the second part that you said. If you're with someone who you're talking to them, they're saying, this is on my values. I'm really not open to it, you know, with different language, of course, but that's the point of what they're saying. I do think you need to have a, you know, come to Jesus meeting with yourself, with, which is with why am I here? Am I here because of obligation? Am I here because of fear? Am I here because I'm afraid it's going to impact the kids? Meanwhile, the kids are watching you run yourself ragged, um, be depressed, um, have anxiety, um, fight with your husband or partner, not be intimate. They're watching the, the dissolution of mom and they're watching the dissolution of what an unhealthy relationship looks like. And that's what, that's, what's being modeled to them. Um, and is it fear of doing it on your own when actually you've been doing it on your own for a long time, actually by yourself, yeah. um, probably in a lot of ways. Um, I that's, that's really why I wanted to have this podcast because I think there's so much nuance. I think the women who listen to this part, if the relationship is in turmoil, part of it is that they didn't learn how to communicate or share because um, they didn't have healthy examples of what it looked like to be loved and also to to give love and give partners the benefit of the doubt. And so I wanted people to have this tool to move forward. But for everybody else who's been carrying all this, to give you one more thing for you to try with your full heart, of course, with a therapist, with a coach or whoever you need. And if it's not working, you to decide, what do I want the rest of my life to look like? Is Can I live with this? Because the truth is, at this point, it's a deliberate decision. Life is not happening to you. You you hoping that one day something is going to change. Something, nothing's going to magically change. You have to accept your partner for what they're able to provide. So if that's the case, and you want to stay because you feel like the benefits outweigh the cost, do you leverage getting 
housekeepers and domestic labor to help you because the truth is right now you're so stressed because it's too much. So you do need help. And if it's not your partner, it's somebody, right? Um, you, you do need a break. It's too much mental load to be on 24-7 or 25-8, right? When when you're a mom and a partner and a wife, mm-hmm. um, you need to rest <laughs> and relax. And if you don't, you will, especially in the Black community, I was talking with some other students about this. There are so many of us dying early uh, with, with congestive heart failure and, and blood issues and sickness because the stress that we're carrying is affecting us somatically. Um, we don't We don't escape from it. So... Yeah, you have to make some deliberate, conscious decisions if if it's not working. Yeah, that's a really, even on top of the, the labor, I'm so glad you mentioned it about like prioritizing yourself mm-hmm. because if, if your partner is not gonna protect your time or they're gonna be like, I'll get to it and then not get to it. And if you're noticing, okay, for some reason I, I'm in it. We're here. Uh-huh. We're going to stick it out. This is good, except for this. Um, you can, you can protect your own time. Like, like you said, uh-huh. like it's an investment to find time to connect deeply with other people, to uh-huh. find projects that feel really fulfilling that you, it's not a side hustle. It's not adding financial value to your home, but it's like, just I always call mm-hmm. it, it's like, it's like put, sticking a middle finger up at hustle at like mm-hmm. grind. It's, it, it's filling your own cup. It's showing up for yourself and your family by pouring into right. yourself, but it's also an investment just like you would pay for therapy, like mm-hmm. doing a babysitter swap with a friend or just like mm-hmm. logging off, turning your phone off, doing something truly for you. Mm-hmm. is an investment in your long-term health. Yeah. And sometimes yeah. in your partnership surviving. Yes. <laughs> yes. If you are stressed all of the time, there's no, no way you can relax. There's no way you can relax. And it's an investment in you as a mother and parenting your children, you know, whether or not you're going to be patient with them or whether or not you're going to go off on them and be enraged because of all this external stuff that has nothing to do with them. And then they be kids on top of it. Poor kids <laughs> when you're in the way of mama's wrath, but yeah. it's not because you're a bad mom. It's because it's too much. It's just legitimately too much. Um, so yeah, you have to you have to be aggressive about prioritizing you and your rest and your health because otherwise, you know, the phrase that people say all the time: "If mama ain't happy, nobody's happy." Because it's mm-hmm. true. You are the you are the heart of the home, truly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it. Yeah. So um, I hope whoever needed to receive that, both sides take that, you know, the positive and, and, and going back to the positive, you know, there is a learning curve. You know, you don't you don't have this conversation with your partner in the best of circumstances. And there is an immediate change. Y'all are both going to need to learn how to do this differently because y'all have been doing it a certain way for how long. Right. You're going to mm-hmm. need to baby step your way towards the transition. Yeah. Yeah. And the advice I always give with this is like, there are a couple things. Your fare is going to be different than my fare. Yeah. 50% Ooh. or 50, 50 is not a reasonable expectation. Wow. And if you start with just 
owning an entire card. One, Mm -hmm. if, if you just start learning the concept of owning it, that Mm -hmm. can be using that language can change like within a week, it will change your relationship. Mm -hmm. I'm still on the part where you said your affair is not going to be my affair. Wow. How many fights are because of that? Because the other person's concept of what's fair is so much different than ours. Mm-hmm. And to be at a place where you can radically accept that. Wow. <laughs> Sorry. I'm going to have to go take a moment for that. <laughs> <laughs> You're preaching right there. Okay, awesome. Is there anything... <laughs> Is there anything else about this method that we haven't hit on that would be important for the listeners to know? I think I, I think I just want to, like, I'm so glad we brought it to that last point and I'm going to reiterate it. Um, in the book, um, she calls it unicorn space. It's, you know, in this system, like you said, like you're being hit at every single part of just wages and, um, not having access to healthcare, and you, there are so many layers that these systems are hitting you with, especially as a black woman. Mm-hmm. Take it's resisting the system to prioritize yourself. It is yes. like rest is resistance. It is actively fighting what all of these layers are trying to do to us. Um, yes, like prioritize it. Like use that yes. righteous rage to go and have fun. Yes, yes. I don't know if you've heard of them, but there is a really popular platform called the NAP Ministry. And their mission is basically what you just said. Yes, that activism and resistance is the rest, is resting and enjoying and pleasure and pursuing that aggressively. Yes. So absolutely. I love that. I love that. Well, Lori, this has been so wonderful. This has been so awesome. Um, I can't wait to share it with everyone. Can you tell people where they can find you and how they can connect with you? Sure. Um, I'm on Instagram and TikTok at that darn chat. Um, and you can email me directly, Laura at that darn chat.com or find me on my website, that darn chat.com. Um, I'm pretty transparent. I'm constantly talking to Instagram on my stories. You got phone right in my hand. Talk to me anytime. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. And um, everyone who listens knows I love my TikToks. So I'm just going to re reemphasize TikTok. <laughs> your TikToks are very informative. Um, and I really do love your stitches and the, and the perspective you you bring to them whenever you do those. So thank you for that. Thank you so much. I am just thrilled to have been able to share and and receive your wisdom today it's been so fun awesome well thanks thanks for listening to this week's podcast before we get started let's take a small break to say thank you to this week's sponsors